Okay, you guys, this is off center, so I'm just gonna take a moment to move this. We are so glad that you are here this week at camp. And like Mikey said, even before we did the opener, we believe that specifically even this theme is so, so, so critically important in this time, which is why we wanted to start camp differently, which is why when you look at the set, it looks different than if you've been here in the past. You're like, where's the pirate ship? We didn't do that, right? We wanted to eliminate every potential distraction that would detract from this message this week that you guys might miss. That's why we did it. It's all intentional. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to jump in to the word of God. Father God, we come before you tonight. Lord, we are thankful. Father, we are thankful for your word. God, in a world that, Father, is so broken, God, so divided, Father, so hopeless, God, we thank you that we have your word. God, that it remains steadfast and true above everything else. And so, God, as we open up your word, Father, I pray that we would be here hands open, minds open, hearts open, God, to receive what it is that you have for us from your word tonight. God, as we talk about this topic and theme on truth, Lord, I pray that you would work in the hearts and minds of all of us here. God, that for those who don't know you, Father, I ask boldly that you would bring your sons and your daughters into a saving relationship with you this week. God, for those of us who do know you, God, maybe we've been a Christian our whole lives. Father, I pray that we are sitting here in this space, God, ready to learn what it is that you have for us. So God, we love you and praise things in your name. Amen. Yes, I like the clap. That's helpful for me to know that you're engaged. Well, you guys, my name is Sarah Danes. I am here again, back, standing in front of you. Um, and like I said, I'm pumped that you guys are here. I truly believe that this is gonna be an amazing, incredible, incredible week of camp. And just for some context for you guys, uh, as camp directors here at Hume Lakes and myself, Mikey, we've got friends who work over in Meadow Ranch and Wagon Train in Wildwood. In the fall of 2020, believe it or not, what, how long ago is that? Someone do math, quick. Four Great, four years. I like it. We're going to go with four years. A couple years ago, we came together as a team after a season of not camp, right, because camp was canceled in 2020, and in an effort to not waste the pandemic, we went, man, what do, what do we want to plan? What do we plan for our next season of camp? And through many, many, many conversations with youth pastors at our youth pastor dinners that we have here at camp, through conversations with counselors, the common theme and the common thread that we kept running into was that, man, we live in a world that just doesn't know truth. And maybe for you, some of you sitting in this room, it's not that you don't know truth. It's not that you don't know the word of God, but maybe it's that you just don't like it. Right? Can I just be honest? Maybe it's that you disagree with it. Maybe it's that you think you have the ability to define for yourself your own versions of truth. And so with this opener, this is exactly why we started the way that we did. That we began that first part of the opener, what you saw there was kind of a fun hip-hop dance, but basically showing us, man, this is the culture that we live in. Right? Some of us may believe that, man, the word of God, it's old, it's outdated, Right? It's, it's narrow-minded. Narrow is the gate. Narrow is the mind that tells me that I can't live the way that I want to live. Some of us may think that. And it's okay to be honest. I'm asking that you guys would be honest this week. 
And so we started here in the opener and then we rewound to the very beginning to page, we said one, but you know, page two, um, to page one of our Bible in Genesis three. And if you have your Bibles, open up to Genesis three. If you don't have your Bibles and you brought them to camp, um, make sure that you bring them. If you don't have a Bible period, if you can do this for me, just stand up quietly and walk to the back. Our lead counselors will get you guys a Bible. For the rest of you, open up to Genesis 3. We are going to start in verse 1. Very simply put, you guys, listen up. I know people are walking around, but I want you guys to engage. Very, very simply put, the same thing that happened in the garden is the very same thing that is happening now. And let me show this to you. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, and this was the exchange that you guys saw right over here on the stage. Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Right? He begins to place the seed of doubt in the mind of Eve. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you, hold on, when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So he begins to place the seed of doubt, right? Did God really say this? Did he actually say you can't eat of any tree? She regurgitates. I know what he said. We can't eat of it. We can't even touch it. Otherwise, death is promised, right? So she says to him, this is what God has commanded. This is what God has said. And then he says, no, 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 no. God knows that when you eat of it, you'll be like God. You will know good and evil Verse six, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. So, so simply put, you guys, what happened then in that moment, Eve chooses what is right in the sight of her own eyes rather than what God had said and established and commanded to them. This is the same thing for you and I today. We have the word of God, right? He has spoken, he has revealed himself to us through his word. We may know what his word says. Some of us are like, I don't know what it says, but I'm down to know what it says. But we have it here. We know what God has said. We know what he's established. And yet time and time and time again, we choose what's right in the sight of our own eyes. And now here we are in this present generation with phrases such as live your truth. Do what's true for you. Ah, that's your truth. This is my truth. Those are used every single day. And yet when you go to the word of God, Jesus says in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father except through me. Not me, Sarah, me, Jesus, right? That's what Jesus claims. Jesus claims that he and truth are one. And so now here we are, in our world that is broken, that is hopeless, 
that is divided and we have Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in John 8, he says, the truth will set you free. And yet culture teaches us that what actually will set you free is your, your own version and your own definition of what you want to be true. You live however you want to live. Because if we're honest, we want to be the kings of our own world. Right? I want to be in charge of me. I, Sarah, want this to be true and this thing to be true, and so I'm just going to determine that it is. And so what we're doing this week with you guys is we're combating this idea in love that we live in a world where relative truth reigns, meaning that whatever you want to be true is all good because it's true for this person but not for this one. And yet we are making a claim today and forevermore, for as long as I will live, that Jesus... And the word of God is absolutely true for everyone. That we are not kings of our own life, but that we sit over the sovereign authority, under the sovereign authority of God the Father. Amen. Amen. I like that. So what that means is that I don't get to determine and decide what's true and what's not true. Exactly. I like that. You get, man, you get, okay, you guys, I like it, right? I don't get to do that. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about in the morning that God is creator, that he's always existed. And because God is creator, God is in control of his creation. We are not in control of our own lives. We don't just get to say, man, I don't like what that has to say, and so I'm out. You can have your opinion, and you can have your belief, but one day every tongue, tribe, and nation will bow before God the Father, right? And so now here we are going, man, what do we do? We live in this world that says my truth, your truth, do what's true for you. That's all good. It's relative. It doesn't even matter. And yet we approach the word of God and as we filter through our, our I don't know, our own thoughts and our own emotions and we go, man, God, how do I, how do I sit with this and how do I wrestle with this? And that's what we get to do this week. This week I'm asking that you guys would be honest. And for those of you in this room who are like, man, I love Jesus. I've loved him my whole life. Praise God. I'm so glad you're here. For those of you who are in this space that you're like, I did not realize I was at a Christian camp until just now. Welcome. <laughs> I am so glad you are here. I am so glad you are here. Open up, flip your Bibles to John 18. This is our theme verse for the summer. When you guys get there, you can give me a little yip-yip. I stole that one. Kind of also from Johnny, but you know, it's fine. <clears throat> that was John 18, verse 33. Yip-yip, my little hyenas. Adorable babies. I also got that one from Johnny. <laughs> okay, John 18. Oh, I'm a fraud. There's nothing new. <laughs> um, okay, John 18. This is our theme verse for this summer, meaning that as we as a team went, man, what are we going to do with this theme after talking with youth pastors and counselors and praying and saying, God, what do you have in store for the summer of 2022? We did this two years ago, which is crazy. Two years ago, we felt like, man, there's nothing more timely than talking about truth. And all that we found over the last two years, I'm not going to relive it for you guys because no one wants to relive the last two years. But if there's anything that we have found is that at some point 
one or another, we've all asked the question, what is truth, right? What is even true? What is even going on in our world, first and foremost, right? Like we've all asked that. And so in John 18, verse 33, Jesus is arrested. He's before Pilate, and they have this little interaction. Pilate says this in 33. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Basically going, your own people don't even want you. What the heck did you do? What did Jesus do? He claimed to be God. He claimed to be the Messiah, the one that they had been waiting for. And Pilate's going, what did you do? Your own people don't even want you. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate says to him, so you are king? Jesus answers, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate says to him, what is truth? Right? This question that we are asking, that our world is asking, is not new. Is not new. We're going, what the heck is truth? Now we have the written word of God to help guide and direct us as we navigate this world and we hear all of these different worldviews and we're so confused because it seems counter, I lost the word, it seems not right to what God's word says and we're going, God, what do we do? If the world is saying this and yet the Bible is teaching this, what is true? What God's word says is true. Jesus Christ, I am the way, the truth, and the life, not a way, a truth, and a life. This world that we live in is so, also not new, but just dangerous, you guys. And my heart is burdened for you guys. That you live in this world that anything can be accepted as truth. That whatever you feel in the moment, that's cool, that can be true because you want it to be true. How well is that working out for us? Not great right? There's confusion and chaos and pain and brokenness and hopelessness. It's terrible. It's terrible. Jesus tells us in John 8, I said this earlier, that the truth will set you free. And we have this misconception that if we claim Jesus Christ and we claim the words of the Bible, that it's narrow-minded, that it's hateful, but that couldn't be farther from the truth. As Christians, as Christ followers, we have the one thing that can save a world that is lost and dying and spending eternity apart from Christ for those who do not know him. And for us to be fearful or afraid of speaking the truth of God's word to a world that so desperately needs it, that's not love. It's not love just because you're afraid to say it. If you had the one thing and we do that can save someone, why wouldn't you communicate it? Right, I think of my older brother. My older brother, 
I love that man. His name is Michael, and he'll make me cry. He always does. Let's see if I cry. Michael grew up in the church. Um, I refer to him as kind of like one of the founding fathers of my faith. We grew up in a pretty gnarly household, and he was like, hey, go to church. It's good. Go to church. It's safe. And so I did. I was like, okay, cool. Well, now, fast forward, a lot of things have gone on in his life, and he's no longer walking with the Lord. And he knows the truth. He knows God's word. But he just can't stand the brokenness of the world. And I have to constantly remind him, Michael, we have, I have, he does not claim Jesus Christ as his savior. We have the good news of Jesus Christ. That we, apart from Jesus, dead in our sin, is what the Bible teaches us. Right, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That we were dead in our trespasses and sin. And yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners so far from God, God the Father looks down and goes, "How do? let's reconcile this. What do I need to do? He's going to send his son, his only son, to live a life that I could never live, that you could never live. And die a death that I deserve and that you deserve. It's not just the sins of people 2,000 years ago that put Jesus on the Christ. It was my sin. It was your sin. And for those of us who claim Jesus Christ, we are promised an eternity with him. We are not promised that this world is going to be easy. Let me assure you, friend, I know this firsthand. This life is not going to be easy. You will have trial and you will have tribulation, but you have great hope, it says in 1 Peter we have a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so for a world that is just in turmoil and chaos, trying to understand which way is up, and yet we are too concerned about how we look, that we look narrow-minded, that we are not communicating the truth of God's word. Friend, it is our greatest joy and our greatest burden to share the gospel with a world that does not know Jesus. Because there is a real hell and there is a real heaven and one day all of us are going to give an account for our lives. And for us to stand there and go, man, I was just too scared. I was afraid people were gonna think I was narrow-minded. And that is eternities at stake. That's crazy. That's crazy. So this week as we communicate this, there's a couple things that I want you guys to cue into, and I want you guys to understand. There are gonna be some things probably said in chapel that you're like, ooh, that, I don't know if I like that. Ooh, that doesn't sit with me right. And first and foremost, I want you guys to know, if you have, you do have your Bibles. I'm gonna stop saying if you have them because now you've all flipped over. Turn over to 1 Corinthians 13. This is how I wanna cover this entire week. Because at the end of this week of camp, all we Hume Lake did was communicate a really solid and merely apologetic theme then we've missed something. We want to and we desire to communicate this theme to you guys in love, right? And I say that and I also acknowledge that our world has kind of confused what actual love, what Christ-centered love is, right? And so even as I was just saying it a minute ago, you guys may feel like, man, I'm just too afraid I'm not gonna say anything. And yet that's not love, right? That's actually hatred. To love someone, if you have the good news of Jesus Christ, is to proclaim that with your words and live that with your life. 
so that a world who is desperately trying to understand what's true can not only look to you and go, man, there's something different about this person, but that they would also hear you guys, myself, communicating the truth found in God's word. 1 Corinthians, it says this. 1 Corinthians 13. And this is how I want to cover this whole week for you guys. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Friend, for you guys this week, we're not doing this theme on truth merely to insist on our own way of being right. That's not the point. The point is that you guys would know that you are loved by not just me, although I don't know all your names. I probably won't, but I could try. But you are loved by the God of the universe. And so at the end of the week, again, if all we did was just communicate a lot of things that are really true and that's really awesome and now you have all this head knowledge, but that you don't understand the connection of your head to your heart and how loved you are, then we've missed it. And yet at the same time, to just say we love you and to not communicate difficult truths found in God's word is not love. And so I want you guys to know that. I want you guys to know that we are not here to go, man, we're out to get you and we think it's silly that you believe X, Y, and Z. By no means, by no means. We have prayed and we have asked God for wisdom and discernment over this theme and it's so important that you know that you are valued and that you are loved. And that's why we are doing this. Because I believe that some of you may be in here, go, man, I've known God my whole life, but maybe you don't have a biblical version or the biblical truth of who Jesus is. That you've skewed him in one way or another. That you have fit Jesus to be the God that you want him to be, not the God that he is. Some of you are in here going like, dude, I hear the word truth and my blood boils. I hear anything contrary to what I want to believe and I'm pissed. You're loved and I'm glad you're here. This is the right place for you guys to be. This week we have the opportunity to hear from one of my dearest friends. You guys know him. His name is Johnny Artavanis. I know, I know. He's the best, he's the, he's the best, <laughs> he's the best. You guys will get to hear from him all week. And if you know Johnny, Johnny doesn't hold back. Johnny is going to preach God's word with passion and conviction and truth. And I'm so excited for you guys to get to sit under his teaching. The rest of the week, what it's going to kind of look like, we have, don't worry, we still have a film. It just is different. It's done in six different episodes, six different spoken word pieces that are just meant to address common misconceptions that you guys may have about the specific topic that Johnny's gonna teach through. So tomorrow morning, we're gonna start with the truth of God. What does that mean? 
We're going to start in the very beginning that God is creator and sustainer of all things. And that Jesus claims that he and the God the Father are one all throughout the Gospels. Then we're going to talk about the truth of Scripture. And we're going to talk about the fact that anything contrary to what God's word says is just simply not true. And I know that's going to be difficult for you guys. It can be hard for me at times. I'm going to be straight up. There are some times that I read things and I'm like, what, how, and why? But Lord, I trust that you are God and I am not, that I don't make the rules, that I sit under your authority. We're going to look at the life of Jesus. We're going to look at the claims that he makes about himself. We're going to talk about sin, that we are dead in our sin. There's nothing that we could do to make ourselves right before a holy God. But only Jesus Christ, by his bloodshed, could we be in right relationship with God the Father. We're going to talk about the good news of the gospel. What does that mean for us, right? What does it mean that Jesus came and lived a life we couldn't live and died the death that we deserved? What does that even mean? And then finally, in the last night, we're going to talk about now what? What do we do now? If all of these things are true, and if Jesus is who he says he is, and if God is who he says he is, then what does that mean for you guys as you head home on Saturday, which is a long time away? And this is what I want to encourage you guys with as well. We at Hume Lake, we love you guys, and we love camp so much. But at the end of the day, none of us, myself, Hume staff, Johnny, none of us go home with you guys on Saturday. You guys go home with churches, youth pastors, counselors that love you guys and are ready to walk with you as you guys try to better understand and love and know the God of the Bible. And so my prayer for you guys this week, I'm gonna ask you guys of this, whether you are someone who goes, man, I've known Jesus Christ my whole life and I'm pumped to be here, or you're someone who goes, oh boy, no crosses, please. Can you just promise me that as you come into chapel and as you sit in cabin times, that you would be willing to engage and have hearts ready to receive whatever it is that God wants to reveal to you guys through his word. Can you do that for me? Can we just lay aside any hostility and go, God, what do you say? Can we just do that this week? Amen. Thankful for you guys. Let me pray for us. Um, and then here's what we're going to do after. I'm going to explain it to you guys and then I'll pray and I'll send you out. After I say amen, <laughs> ladies, and if you're in the balcony and you're a lady, come downstairs. Gentlemen, you guys are going to go to Memorial Chapel. You're going to hang with Mikey and some of the guy leads. Ladies, you'll be with me and the lady leads, and then we'll dismiss you guys to free time. Cool? <laughs> free time, the reason I'm here. Uh, let me pray for us. <laughs> Father God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you that you use common men and women, Lord, who love you, God, to communicate your word. Father, I pray for this week for each and every single person in this room, God, that they would know that they are loved. Father, that they would know that they are valued. God, that you call us sons and daughters. Father, and I pray for any Get anyone in this room who just is feeling, I don't know, that this is a difficult theme for them. God, I'm so 
thankful they're here. Father, we know that where your word is taught, it will not return void. And so, God, would you do an incredible work this week at camp? Father, as your word is taught, God, as we worship you through song, God, as we're in cabin discussion times and as we're on the rec field, Lord, all of it is to bring you glory. So, God, we thank you that you use us. God, would you continue to use us? God, would you work in the hearts and minds of everyone here? God, and would, at the end of this week and throughout this week, Lord, would you call broken sinners back to yourself? Lord, only by the power of your son can you do that. And so we are thankful, Father. God, we love you and praise things in your name. Amen.